Stampede. Garner isn't number 15. Well, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. Well, you got trouble, my friend. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense and a cool head and a keen eye. Did you ever take and try to give an ironclad leave to yourself from a three-rail billiard shot? But just as I say it takes judgment, brains, and maturity to score in a pop line game, I say that any boo can take and shove a ball in a pocket. And I call that sloth the first big step on the road to the depths of degradation. Say first, medicinal wine from a teaspoon, then beer from a bottle. And the next thing you know, your son is playing for money in a pinchback suit. And listening to some big out-of-town Jasper, hearing him tell about horse race gambling. Not a wholesome trotting race, no, but a race where they set down right on the horse. Like to see some stuck-up jockey boy setting on Dan Patch? Make your blood boil, well, I should say. Now, friends, let me tell you what I mean. You got one, two, three, four, five, six pockets in a table. Pockets that mark the difference between a gentleman and a bum with a capital B and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. And all week long, your River City youth will be frittering away. I say, your young men will be frittering. Frittering away their noontime, suppertime, chore time too. Get the ball in the pocket. Never mind getting dandelions pulled to the screen door patched to the beefsteak pounded. Never mind pumping any water till your parents are caught with a cistern empty on a Saturday night and that's trouble. Yes, you got lots and lots of trouble. I'm thinking of the kids in the knickerbocker, shirt tail young ones, peeking in the pool hall window after school. You got trouble, folks, right here in River City. Trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Now I know all you folks are the right kind of parents. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Would you like to know what kind of conversation goes on while they're loafing around that hall? They were trying out Bevo, trying out Cubats, trying out tailor-mades like cigarette fiends, and bragging all about how they're going to cover up a telltale breath with sense. And one fine night, they leave the pool hall, heading for the dance at the armory, libertine men and scarlet women, and ragtime, shameless music that'll grab your son, your daughter, with the arms of a jungle, animal instinct, masteria. Friends, the idle brain is the devil's playground. Trouble! Right here in River City. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. We've surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Gotta figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. Mothers of River City. Heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel hidden in the corn crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz bag? Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like... Like swell. Aha! And so's your old man. Well, if so, my friends, we got trouble. Right here in River City. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. We surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Remember the main Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule. Oh, oh, we got trouble. We're in terrible, terrible trouble. That game with the 15 numbered balls is the devil's tool. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. With a T. Gotta rhyme it with P. And it stands for pool.
you know, nowadays, it's difficult to find a fiscally responsible institution. It used to be if you walked into one of the several Federal Reserve Banks located in various parts of America, you'd immediately feel a sense of security. And I don't just mean because of the guards standing ready for the slightest hint of malfeasance, or the steel doors and bulletproof glass enclosures providing safety for cashiers. After all, the Federal Reserve is the place where money is made. And I'm not talking about any of the big banks that issue millions of credit cards. No, I'm talking about our country's central bank, the Federal Reserve, the bank that supplies big commercial banks in this country with nearly 0% interest. Yeah, the big guys get 0% interest and everyone else out there gets charged 5, 10, 15, or even 20%, depending on what your credit score is. You know, that really ticks me off. The U.S. Federal Reserve Bank is giving out more and more free interest loans, when in fact, the government is in debt to $22 trillion and growing. What's the credit score for that situation? I wouldn't mind a little of that being spread around. And in fact, one of the presidential candidates for the 2020 election is supporting the idea of everybody being given $1,000 every month to help stimulate the economy. I don't know why he's limiting it to a thousand bucks. Why not make it 10 grand a month, especially considering some people are getting 30, 40, 60 million dollars a year to go run around for doing practically nothing. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem as if things are a little out of the ordinary? And you know what? 90% of the people think we're doing just fine. I mean, the money thing is a little strange. What with cyber currency just around the corner? Money. Money. Money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. Money makes the world go round, it makes the world go round. Ah, the world go round. Money, 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 money,
Let's call it like it is. There's nothing like a brand new economic system to wake you up. And if you people have been stashing your hard-earned money under your mattress, figuring you're going to make it unscathed, you better think again, because I'm telling you, consumerism is going to come to a nasty end. And it's not as if getting $10,000 or ten grand a month is going to let you get by. No, the facts are these. You'll be having a bad taste in your mouth. Your lungs will turn black from the fires. Your blood lab tests will be off the charts. The food you eat will all have expired dates stamped on it. In fact, you won't even be able to recognize what you're eating because you won't be able to see straight. You won't be able to walk to the 7-Eleven and get a dollar hot dog. Forget about your air conditioning working or that refrigerator stored with sour milk. You'll be dying, and I mean literally dying, to find a way to turn on the electricity to your place. Consumerism is going to make you wish you never had to get out of bed. You're like Hugh Hefner holding on to his projectile, waiting for a beautiful woman to satisfy him. Except there won't be any beautiful woman. In fact, you probably won't even be able to find your projectile because someone may have cut it off while you were sleeping. Yeah, when consumerism ends, all those tattoos you got will start itching. People will be scratching themselves 24-7, and it won't be because of fleas, lice, crabs, or any other parasites on your body. It'll be a skin rash, the realization that all that junk you've accumulated over the years won't be worth anything. When they open up door number three to reveal your special prize, it'll be a world of pain waiting for you.
your carotid artery will be pulsating so hard, you'll wish you never had a heart. You won't even have a pulse when the new economic system becomes a reality. When the money is replaced with something else, you won't be able to trust your own children. You won't know if you're on standard time or daylight savings time, because there won't be any time for you. Yeah, fiscal responsibility, that's a joke. But that's not really what's troubling me. No, I have other concerns. I'm worried about the characters in my show, Garner Isn't. Triple G, the sex robot, and Garner the human live in the future. And it's true. A lot of you are probably skeptical about humans having sex with a robot. Well, you'll have to research my previous shows why I believe robot sex will be in our future. But suffice to say, Garner, being the sensitive human being that he is, has developed deep emotional feelings for his mechanical partner. But Triple G confesses she's lacking certain qualities, like empathy and a sense of the aesthetic. After all, She's a machine. Garner has been teaching her how to be connected with the natural world, to bring her closer so she can feel like a human. Garner, why did you order all these seeds? You're going to plant a garden by the house, a vegetable garden. Yes, Garner, but can't we just buy our vegetables at the store? Maybe. But you want to be more human. You want to develop feelings, don't you, Triple G? Yes. What vegetables are we growing? Well, what about something for making salads, like lettuce, carrots, tomatoes, cucumbers, and green onions? Okay. But first, you need to prepare the ground for the seeds. You know, I've been pounding the table, telling you people, we've lost our way. We've left behind our connection to the natural world, believing profits are what we should live by. Profits are the foundation of consumerism, and it's what's distorted our values. Artificial intelligence can never replace what we came from and how we need to live. I believe in music, dance, art, and drama, not how to make money. I believe in learning how to plant a garden, not memorize multiplication tables. If you want a healthier society, it's not to be found in your back pocket with a smartphone. It's with understanding how to grow food, how to sing, how to draw and dance. That's more important than picking the winning number in the lotto. We need to stem the flow of violence in our lives. Consumerism promotes violence. I want to know how to build a house, not how to buy a house. I want to know how to plant a forest of trees, not clear the forest. 
I want to sing like a bird, not fly a drone for a bombing mission. I want to understand how to plant a field, not to turn it into a shopping mall. We've made the wrong choices, and we've allowed greed to rule our lives. You've been deceived, believing that consumerism is going to make you a better life. But it won't. You'll never know what peace can be again. You've been fooled into thinking a world of zeros and ones will solve what you need. No, no set of numbers can replicate what we came from and what we're a part of. Garner is showing his robot how to plant a garden to make her see something grow out of the ground. An ancient practice, subsistent farming, to respect the meaning for living things. Garner, what do I do now? Well, you want the garden to have at least six hours of direct sunlight. So find a small patch of ground and start working it using the rototiller. Yes, Garner. Yes, Garner. Garner, what do I do now? Try again. Use the choke on the carburetor, Triple G. Let me know when you've finished with the ground. Okay, Garner. Are you done? I think so. When do I plant? I'll get the seeds. Now, spacing is important, Triple G. You don't want the plants growing too close together. It'll stunt their growth. Yes, Garner. Score a line about an inch deep in the loose earth. Yes, Garner. Read the directions on the packet of seeds. And tell me when you're done.
this, Garner? Let's see. You've covered the seeds? Yes, Garner. Now begin watering the ground gently, just enough to soak the ground. And this is important. You need to water the garden every day, unless it rains. Yes, Garner. Now, planting a garden is sometimes hard work. And in real life, I've planted a lot of different things in the ground, but never with a robot. Triple G and Garner are in the future. Triple G makes that chore easier. You see, Garner doesn't get his hands dirty planting the garden. He lets Triple G do that. And of course, that raises the issue of division of labor. That is, who does what in our society? Triple G is being used not only for Garner to relieve his need for sex, but to allow Garner to avoid having to do all the menial jobs necessary to make life easier. And this may be an important thing. It says something about staying engaged with doing what has to be done. Why work and do something when you can have someone else do it for you? And that's what we can expect in the future with artificial intelligence. You see, you don't have to think anymore. Let the smartphone tell you how to think, what to think, where to think, who to think it with. So... There's a two-way street here. Garner is forfeiting the very important condition of being alive. To stay involved. To be willing to find a purpose. And the other side of the story is Triple G's recognition she can't feel as a human can feel. She lacks empathy. She's a machine. Garner uses her. But in doing so, he loses being involved in the important rigors of being alive. Use someone or something and be free of responsibility. That's what consumerism says, because it channels you into believing money or profits are what you need, not the importance of being creative to make something beautiful like something as common as a vegetable garden.
the music on Garner isn't first came from the movie Music Man. You Got Trouble, performed by Robert Preston, composed by Meredith Wilson. Wilson first built a career as a musician playing for the John Philip Sousa Band and later the New York Philharmonic under Arturo Toscanini. He worked during the golden age of radio with George Burns, Gracie Allen, Jack Benny, and composed the score for Charlie Chaplin's movie, The Great Dictator, 1940, winning an Academy Award nomination. He won a Grammy Award for Music Man. You then heard Liza Minnelli and Joel Gray, Money, in the 1972 iconic award-winning Song and Dance from the movie Cabaret, directed by Bob Fosse. You then heard Cliff Martinez's composition, Eddie's Death, from the movie Kafka. Then two field recordings, Birds by Vonora and Mower by Smirts Pionum. And finally, a little more of Cliff Martinez's Eddie's Death. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.